Welcome to the Expert Series, brought to you by the Lucas Foundation of America. Our health education team is here to bring you experts in lupus to discuss topics to help you live better. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. My name is Alyssa, and I'll be your host. I am very excited to welcome Dr. Joy Booty, who will help us understand health disparities and social determinants of health. Dr. Bowie is the Director of Research at the Lupus Foundation of America. She oversees several initiatives, including the Health Disparity Studies study, focused on examining causes of racial health disparities in lupus and identifying solutions aimed at eliminating disparities in communities with the greatest burden of disease. We are delighted to have you join us today, Dr. Bowie. Thank you, Alyssa. I'm very happy to be here. All right, awesome. Kind of starting off with the basics, uh, what are health disparities and what are some factors that contribute to health disparities for lupus patients? Sure. So the National Institutes of Minority Health and Health Disparities, or NIMHD, has a definition of health disparities that points out adverse health differences in populations with a social disadvantage because a defined difference in health outcomes between populations is simply not necessarily a disparity. Therefore, a disparity, at least through the lens of NIMHD, is a measurable difference between a socially disadvantaged population and a more advantaged referent group or the general population. The NIMHD definition really emphasizes the importance of the historical or current link to discrimination or exclusion in determining health and healthcare disparities. Now, on the other hand, Healthy People 2020 defines a health disparity as a particular type of health difference that is closely linked with social, economic, and or environmental disadvantages. And this definition really accounts for contributions of social determinants of health to an individual's ability to achieve good health in addition to their sex, age, and disability. Now, lupus is a disease with a distinct difference in SLE prevalence in favor of female patients nine to one. And this is really due to a sex hormone difference that influences the loss of immune tolerance and subsequent autoimmune reactivity. Now, in addition to that, it's well documented that people of Asian and African ancestry are at increased risk for developing SLE across the world. And this is also true for persons of Latino background in the US. So this suggests that perhaps there are both genetic and non-genetic factors that lead to the pathogenesis of, of lupus um, and some scientists even believe that the non-genetic factors may be a key driver in people of African descent living in the U.S., given that cases are not well documented in their West African relatives. Still, rheumatologists and, and diagnostic tools used to detect lupus in West African countries are not as readily available. So more research is really needed to draw conclusions about environmental linkages because if a disease ultimately can't be detected, then we really don't know the true prevalence on the continent of Africa. So stay tuned with that way. But in addition, African, Latino, and Asian patients are at increased risk for developing lupus at an earlier age. 
And there are also increased risk for multiple organ system damage, including kidney involvement. Moreover, rates of end-stage kidney disease are generally higher in people of African and Latino descent. So all of these factors really contribute to health disparities in lupus patients. There is a, a distinct difference in terms of prevalence and risk for developing the disease, but also more progression to um, end-stage renal disease and ultimately mortality. Thank you for that explainer. And I'm going to ask a follow-up. You know, what are social determinants of health and how does this affect lupus communities of color? So sure. So social determinants of health are social, economic, and environmental determinants that really impact someone's health. And so when we think about social determinants of health, we think about things such as education. We think about social economic status. We think about one's social and physical environment where they live, work, eat, and play. And so all those different factors are very important for one's uh, uh, ability to achieve optimal and adequate health outcomes. Now, there are various different types of determinants, not only social. We also know that there are structural determinants of health that actually interact with social determinants of health uh, in the space of socioeconomic status. So structural determinants, um, things like societal norms and, and policies and laws that once precluded certain groups from voting or occupying spaces and places designed for their upward mobility and wealth accumulation actually had huge impacts on their ability to have a higher socioeconomic status. And it's in that socioeconomic status that, you know, we really understand social determinants of health because socioeconomic status really has a huge impact on one social determinants of health, where a person can live, uh, what type of healthcare access they have, all of those different facets that are very, very, very important for managing a disease like lupus. And so things like occupational health hazards, poor quality housing in impoverished neighborhoods, exposure to discrimination or racism, and poor quality medical care are really the results of, you know, having a lower socioeconomic status that then leads to these um, not so favorable social determinants of health. And communities of color have the lowest amount of wealth in the United States. So we know that they have the lower socioeconomic status. And this precludes them from really accessing the best medical care possible. They don't necessarily have access to rheumatologists who are also considered lupologists that specialize in lupus care, um, simply because they occupy spaces and places that are not in close proximity to high quality care. And this is a problem. And the literature has shown over and over again that uh, poverty and living in impoverished environments tends to lead to poor health outcomes. There's also literature from Ed Yellen's group, as well as other groups um, outside of, of the lupus research world that have shown that when you take a person out of poverty and you put them in a different economic space, socioeconomic space, a different social space, and you integrate them with other communities who have uh, more social disadvantage, health disparities decline. 
And so we know that social determinants of health are extremely important when it comes to assessing why a health disparity exists. Great. Um, kind of going off of that, you know, how does income play a role in social determinants of health? I guess as an example, um, high income versus low income. Uh, sure. So we know that, you know, for a lupus patient, low income means that they have access to unsafe housing options as well as neighborhoods that um, are, are typically associated with food deserts because there aren't grocery stores that provide fresh, uh, healthy options that are affordable. And so most of the time, a person has to leave their neighborhood in order to get that food. Uh, typically, a person who lives in these neighborhoods don't have adequate transportation to go to the grocery store um, in, in a different neighborhood that, that has its food. And even if they did, a lot of times, those food options aren't going to be affordable. And so having low income or no income really plays a huge role uh, and one's ability to be able to manage their health, self-manage their health. In addition to that, we know that living in a, a low-income neighborhood uh, precludes them from accessing those rheumatologists, as I alluded to before. And so oftentimes these persons are showing up in the emergency room um, in critical condition even because they've not been able to manage their disease properly. And oftentimes they, they rely on over-the-counter medications or home remedies that ultimately aren't sufficient enough to control and manage a disease like lupus. Um, but, but more importantly, you know, low income um, prevents them from, from being able to, you know, access those life-saving medications that can prevent flares. Um, and, and oftentimes they might miss appointments due to um, having to, you know, take care of children or provide elder care to a family member or even not having transportation to go to some of those academic and medical centers or rheumatologists um, who are just not in close proximity to them. So low income really precludes people from achieving optimal health outcomes while living with lupus. And so um, we see a very completely different story for people who have higher income levels um, because we know that over time, the uh, overall mortality rate for lupus has declined. And so there are great medications that have come to market that are available to treat lupus and they treat lupus very effectively, but not all patients can access those, those, those medications. And so we know that people who cannot access those medications and have to rely on other sources to manage their disease typically don't fare well. The last question we have here um, is, you know, what can lupus serving organizations do to address um, social determinants of health or health disparities? Absolutely. So we know that lupus is, you know, a, a, a really complex disease and causes of health disparities are multifactorial. I think the first thing lupus patient organizations really need to do is a community needs assessment. Until we really understand the problems, until we really begin to talk to people and understand their needs, it's very hard to address the issues. So I think there has to be a community-based 
um, participatory research approach in order to really understand the real needs of communities that are impacted by um, lupus health disparities. In addition to that, you know, it, it requires taking that information and putting it to work. So we have to use that information to, a check, change, to affect change at the policy level, at the community level, at the individual level, uh, and, and, and with the, within the context of healthcare, all of those different pieces are extremely important if we're going to address issues around health disparities in lupus. Thank you so much, Dr. Bui, for your time today and for talking with us about health disparities and social determinants of health. We invite those of you listening in to check out our past episodes of the Expert Series by visiting lupus.org forward slash the Expert Series, where you can also subscribe to get alerts when podcasts are released. If you have any lupus-related questions, please reach out to our health education specialist at lupus.org forward slash health educator or by phone at 1-800-558-0121. And we'd also love to hear from you. If there is a topic you'd like to see covered, email us at info at lupus.org and add suggested topic, the expert series in the subject line. Thank you. Until next time.